Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Templeton Elliott, and I'm joined, as always, by Mike Munzenner and Jason from Frozen and Carbonite. This week, we're talking about Skate Shop Day, and following up on last week's content crush discussion, there's no content that we had a crush it's a content, on this week. It's a content desert. <laughs> yeah, week, week. a week of uh, lackluster content, so we're just going one topic this week. It'll be a quick episode, um, so let's get into it. This past Wednesday, January 19th, was the first ever Skate Shop Day, a day when everybody's supposed to go out and support their local skate shop. Did you get out to your local skate shop, Jason? Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of tough in the middle of the week to get out there because the shop venue, shout out those guys, is kind of on the other side of town. But like I said before, I kind of like make a point to go there at least once a month and buy like something, you know what I mean? Some like shop branded soft good or whatever like a shirt or a hat or whatever so no i didn't get out there this week but in principle definitely believe in supporting your local shop how about you mike i um fell into a similar trap in that it was wednesday and frankly i didn't know that skate shop day was really coming up uh i think the only thing only indication that i had was um uprise skate shop out of chicago they're actually like those dudes run a tight ship and uh, they posted about it. Had some really cool shit to actually um, promote Skate Shop Day. Someone within the Uprise Circle um, shot a bunch of portraits. Maybe this wasn't related to Skate Shop Day, but they shot a bunch of portraits of like shop-affiliated people. And it was like, you know, you got three of Uriah Ruda, who's the owner of Uprise. And then you got three of like other people. And so it's just like the 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 people just kind of like modulating through poses. And they had like, I don't know, 25 people. So I saw that on Instagram. I was like, oh, skate shop day, sick. But um, frankly, it caught me too off guard, too fast. And um, I'd actually gone to the skate shop on Saturday. I meant to buy some shoes, but the colorway was a little not what I expected, having seen it on IG. So... I would have supported my skate shop on on Saturday, Familia Skate Shop, but uh, colorway issues. You get out to your shop. What's what's your shop, Templeton? I didn't get out to my shop. Um, my shop is, I guess, Commonwealth. Uh, it's the skate shop uh, miniature indoor skate park here yeah. in Portland. Um, that's that's the shop I typically support. But also, my friend owns a shop. It's not really a skate shop, but has some skate stuff and. I, I support them as well. Sometimes they're called Worn Path, um, so definitely check out Worn Path and Commonwealth if you're in Portland. Um, didn't get out there to either one on Skate Shop Day. I felt like I didn't even know about Skate Shop Day until this week. But you know, first out the gate, um, little growing pains, I guess. So it's uh, to be expected that they wouldn't have their shit completely together on the first one. <laughs> it is skate like after uh... all. Indeed. What was what was what was the genesis of this day? I read that uh, article you linked in the notes. I guess it was Naratko and this other dude or something. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like a, a day to um, get people out to the shops when not people, not a lot of people are coming to the shops. You know, it's kind of cold and wet this time of year, so people aren't wearing out their skate shit, and um, you know, it's it's tough for shops to uh, to survive these. Uh, lean times so it's, it's a a way to kind of remind people to go go to your skate shop which 
I think it's fine. It's it's like another made up holiday, like go skateboarding day or Secretary's Day or Valentine's Day or whatever. Yeah, w- what's the deal with these made up <laughs> that days? last one? Like, like every day is like a day, like a hot dog day, pizza day. Like when did that start, bro? Like man, there was I heard a podcast about this. There's like oh, a, you know some <laughs> some organization that that like handles it, and you know you can propose, you know. Wear two left shoes day. And yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, or nay it. Day is like a different day. It's too much, man. I can, I can barely get through the day, uh, a regular day, let alone a, a special <laughs> day. But. I, I think if I had anything like to say about the actual placement, well, I have a couple things to say, but the number one thing that comes to mind is that having worked in a skate shop, the actual like worst month, for retail, probably across the board, but skate shops, especially, especially in Minnesota, is January. Like, you put this on January 13 or something, you know, like two weeks after all the fun shit that happens in the winter, just when retail across the board, but especially in Minnesota, like the depths of winter, the depths of like no hope, I feel like it would be more effective to like coincide a little earlier with like the harshest times of the year but um yeah beyond that i feel like tying it 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 seems semi-tied to president's day like you're gonna get a holiday and maybe that's good or bad i still find the timing like pretty random but um like i said and we were all kind of talking at the same time like this is skateboarding like the fact that go skateboarding day is actually kind of a logical fit with the summer solstice and um has stuck around this long yeah i'm i'm optimistic to see this work but it still is pretty random i mean it seems like they put some thought into it and maybe globally february is makes more sense or maybe they kind of felt like january is too close to christmas and people haven't worn out their christmas completes quite yet Mm. i don't know you know i'm sure there was logic or you know some bit of thought that went into choosing this date uh yeah it'll be interesting to see what what happens next year it seems like i feel like there needs to be more of a reason to come to the shop other than like hey it's like skate shop day and it's like oh well i, I don't really need anything today <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll just come by when i need something so like you know some like products or event or something like that give people like a reason to show up which i'm sure people are gonna do yeah with like like for example with a record store day they always do like special like vinyl releases and shit you know what i mean like record store day exclusive and shit so like maybe if they partner with some brands for some like you know what i mean skate shop day exclusive like shoes i don't know are there any uh big shoe companies that could maybe do a uh like a like a thing like a what do you call it when something's released like really fast a quick strike is that what they call it? Like something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, maybe somebody should talk to like Under Armour or something. <laughs> Under Armour, <laughs> case Swiss, but uh, but yeah, like if they, I mean, it would be tight if they get partnered with some brands who like some some exclusive, you know, really like core shop. Everyone always says core shop only, but it always ends up on like sneakers or whatever or zoomies. But like yeah, like really core shop only shit. That I think Real did that at some point with like some wheels. Or something like the known associates deal. That was pretty tight. Yeah, I think they were ma- they were making boards 
that it was like the real logo, but then it instead of it saying real, it said the uh, shop's yeah. name. Yeah, yeah, that's all. That's, that's always tight. Sick. Like like with that, or it's always tight when chocolate does that too, with like Albany or Chicago or whatever. The ch- the chocolate font looks good. Right. On the, the coolest thing I've seen is uh, some shop had an anti-hero board that had the classic eagle logo, but instead of an eagle, it was a cardinal. Oh, that's which right. Was like maybe like the state bird or something like that. Is that like a Louisville? I, I don't know. I think it was like Canadian. And uh, I'm friends with a guy who runs Cardinal Skate Shop back in Virginia. And he was like, yeah. oh, man, I wish I like I wish we could have gotten this graphic. Oh, yeah. I was thinking, yeah, wasn't that Cardinal, like Cardinal down uh, in Norfolk? They're, in, they're down in like downtown Norfolk now. But, yeah, exactly. Uh, right across from the shooting range. Yep. Shout out to <laughs> Bob's. <laughs> say, uh, well, just a was... downtown gun range. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, it's like downtown adjacent. It's like there's the Greyhound station yeah. on one block, then there's Bob's gun shop on the next block, and then uh, yeah, Cardinal is like I think it's like across the street. I don't know. I, yeah, I haven't right across the street. I haven't have, been there since they moved. To they Norfolk. have they have signage now. They have like a neon sign now, so it's easier to find. But <laughs> when when I went there for some reason, the uh, the maps app gave me the gun range address. So we went in there. We we're like, uh, is there a skate shop in here? They're like, oh, no, nah, I don't know. They're like people like, shoot, you know, letting off and shit. Oh, damn. But yeah, we found it. It was tight. Shout out Cardinal. It was a tight shop. Yeah, lunch was, was holed up in Bob's gun shop for a little bit when when their their space was getting built. Oh, yeah, that's why. That's probably why. Yeah. Wait, Cardinal was in a gun shop at one point? It was, yeah. Bob's gun shop. Bob's gun shop slash cardinal skate shop see what i what i wanted to say was that like you walk into a shooting range jason and, like you've been to enough skate shops where like it's plausible enough that you got to ask someone is like like is the skate shop right around the corner oh yeah yeah that's exactly what happened yeah is i like love that third floor blah blah blah. yeah yeah, yeah that whole pretty much what happened that whole situation with like the greyhound station um the greyhound station in minneapolis I don't even know if it's there anymore, but it was right by the First Avenue nightclub music venue that's like in Purple Rain. So we've talked about yes. that place. Yeah, we talked about that venue. Yeah. Yeah. So like apocryphal, because I wasn't old enough to know about them, like skate shops in Minneapolis included Pat's Skate Shop, maybe Pat's Skate Park. And then there was also Todd's Skate Shop which my buddy Todd Brown ran, but like these, just these little like hole in the wall spots, early nineties, nobody skateboards, especially in Minneapolis, except for like, you know, the hundred dudes that show up at the plaza, but that's everyone in the twin cities who skates. Yeah. It's uh skate shops are great just because they're so unofficial. The last random one I'll talk about is rutabaga sticks, which was, <laughs> I got to get this right. In a dude's parents' basement in either Rochester or Mankato, Minnesota. So just like um, southern Minnesota small towns either buoyed by the Mayo Clinic or uh, Minnesota State University. But back in the day, like he had a girl skateboards account. And uh, if you check Crail Tap deep web archives, you can find Rutabaga Sticks on there as like the third best shop name according to Mel Bend or, uh, you know, whatever his real name is. So, yeah, I love I love the random sketchiness of skate shops. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's every young skater's dream to have a skate shop. But it kind of seems like a nightmare 
uh, as you get older yeah, and kind of hear the story. Once you, uh, once you work in one for a couple of days, it uh, kind of wears off. Did you, I don't know if I knew you worked in one, Jason. No, I worked in one for a couple of days, but it didn't work out. But uh, I don't know. It was pretty <laughs> tight. What's the story there? How did it not work out? Uh, yeah, I'd rather not talk about it on the podcast. I don't know. I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you off the record. But it, it was no right. deal. Templeton, did you work in a skate shop ever? I, I did work at a skate shop. It was called Branch, and it was run by the guy who runs a bike company called Kink, which I think is still around. But yeah, I worked at Branch for uh, I don't know, maybe a year. But that was, that was pretty cool. And we didn't have a very big skate scene. But it was it did well enough that it got to expand. It was like a, this very tiny storefront, and then it expanded into the space behind it. So, I mean, I guess I guess the money was coming in enough to, to justify that. That's right. What city was that in? Uh, Winston Salem, North Carolina, and this was like mid nineties. Yeah, did you ever skate with uh, MJ out there? Or no, or was that, no, he left that like after that. Yeah, he had left time. by the time I uh, was really into it. Well, he was ghost in like 93, 94 or something, right? Right. Something yeah, like yeah, for sure. I worked in skate shops for a damn long time. Let me do the math real quick. 2000 to 2006, when I uh, was like, you know, what do I do with my life? I worked at the third layer, which was skate park, skate shop, and then... When I like went back to college, I worked at Familia on and off for a long time, like six-ish years. And that included some after-college like freelance time. At one point, I would say with a straight face that I probably gripped more boards than anybody else in the Twin Cities. And uh, yeah, skate shops are fantastic, but they might also like kill your desire to actually skateboard after you do it long enough. I say that from experience. Yeah, did you ever have like some epic uh, after-hours sessions at Third Layer, or were you just like, I need to get the fuck out of here? Oh, um, I mean, one of one of the best parts about working there, obviously, yeah, definitely was like doing all that. Though there would be times when, like, especially when I first started working there, there'd be like my guys that are close friends now, but at the time were like just older heads who could kind of intimidate me. They'd like hit me up, maybe even pre-text message, so they call you, and they're like, yo, I need a sheet of grip. Open the park up. And you're like, what? No. <laughs> I just left. Shit, okay. Uh, I, I don't know how many times I actually gave in, but, like, after a certain point, it bugged the hell out of me. Like, n- n- no, I'm not going back there, even though it's, like, a 25-hour-a-week job, and, like, that's all I did with my life, but... It was it was fantastic for just having access to that, especially as like, you know, a person of 20 something years and just doing nothing else at the time, because I got that job while I was still going to college. But then I, I dropped out and yeah, I just worked at the skate park and skated. It's pretty good. Yeah, good work if you can get it. And <laughs> yeah. As you know, bringing this back to skate shop day, I feel like the skate shop with a skate park is like kind of maybe one of the most important venues to support because I think keeping a skate park open is uh, damn hard. You know, yes, lots of yeah. people wanting free sessions, uh, myself included. You know, yep. I'll, I'll wear that. So if you've got to make a choice, keep the lights on at the skate park. 
You know, the best thing you can do is probably just buy a membership, get the discount, never ask to skate for free. Nobody likes that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I think having seen the back end of that two times, because I also worked at the Familia Park, like you got to have a lot of things go really well for a park to survive. I mean, even just down to like a landlord that is just down for the cause or even just like not remotely evil you know right like they just have to be halfway decent human to just let it exist because i think uh, in a lot of ways like the headaches that come with it we all understand what those headaches are at least people listening to this podcast like there's uh, you know you got to thread the needle for that to work yeah so uh wait so is third layer still around or no i know familia is still around but yeah third third layer layer still so it started in Minneapolis and it moved out to the suburbs maybe like five or six years after it first opened. But it's still like close to the city. And I mean, they've been there. It's going to be 20 years pretty quick, like either next year or the year after 2022. And I mean, Minneapolis is one of the probably one of the few places where you can really have like a long tenure. Yeah, I mean, that's that's insane for an indoor park like as you said like it's not like the biggest like money maker ever and always wants like the homie discount or skate for free or whatever but the, yeah. yeah that's pretty uh that's pretty crazy man like 20 years damn yeah i mean it. well and that's that's almost i guess i wasn't being so clear like that's almost 20 years in the second location it's probably, oh, yeah, yeah. it's 23 years i want to say that they've been open operating under that name that's amazing and that place the original space that they were in was um a skate park called canon skate park before that and then even before that dating back to like 91 there was the twin city skate oasis that was in the same warehouse so like there was a skate park on and off and this old like ford dealership like in city ford dealership so a warehouse that you could have cars in yeah lived there for like 10 years on and off and I think one of those skate parks shut down because they had a bunch of raves and, you know, the landlord deaded them. But, um, yeah, there's like 30 years of like almost continuous skate park life within kind of the same, not definitely not the same company, but the same like idea or the same, you know, building vibe that that's continued on. And it all comes down to support. Yeah. So support your local indoor park and, yeah. uh, yeah, maybe support your local skate shop, too, <laughs> if they deserve it. I mean, we've talked about that before, but it is a real thing. What, like, yeah, I mean, some not, shops are not legit, or and some are, kind of? Basically. I mean, to me, some skate shops are just, like, a store, and they're not really, like, doing much. And if all you're doing is selling skateboards, I can buy a skateboard on the internet for cheaper, get it sent straight to my house, whatever, you know, like you got to offer something more than just skateboards to be, uh, you know, to earn that support because, you know, we all got to watch our wallets. So give, give us a reason to come support the local skate shop. People actually buy boards off the internet. Like I've never done that. Like not once. Like I was, I I was just thinking of how insane that is. Yeah. Yeah. I bought them like off the street, off of pro, or whatever, but I kind of would feel weird as shit buying one without like stepping on it, blah blah blah. Seeing like the wheelbase, 
like the shape of the nose, shape of the tail, blah blah blah. Like you know what I mean? Like it would feel weird as shit. Like I couldn't do it. Man, well, you guys are must be lucky to have always had a skate shop where you live. I, I think yeah, I've lost most I guess, of my yeah, skates. I guess so. I guess we are. I mean, I guess I kind of maybe took it for granted because before venue, there was this shop called Classic Boards here in Richmond that kind of they kind of rode the whole like mid '80s wave until they like shut shut down around like 95 or whatever but yeah i, I always did I, guess. I mean i guess i kind of guess i kind of took it for granted i guess so if you're lucky enough to have a shop like don't take it for granted i suppose yeah i mean i grew up with no skate shop so i was calling up ccs getting boards sent out and uh sometimes i would i would buy like skates on hate eight ply Blanks Dang. like three at a time or something. Just, just Dang. skates on hates is some like <laughs> deep, deep mind, deep thrasher magazine. <laughs> like that was the uh, wait. Was that the company that had like the ad and thrasher with like the fifty boards or whatever on one page? That was it. Was one of them? I feel like yeah. there were a handful that did that. Did did skates on hate have like kind of a little Scully graphic or what? What did that look like? I don't remember what the graphic was. I, I it was pretty forgettable. I think maybe it was it was like a San Francisco themed, like with the bridge or something. And at the time, yeah, like, that wasn't very interesting to me. But I do remember that it was like heat pressed into the board, and like I would break okay. the boards at the heat press. I was like, oh, it's like weakening the board, even though it was eight plies. Even with the eighth ply, they still, uh, it didn't strengthen the board. I mean, extra, it, it must have strengthened it a little bit, but it, you know, couldn't stand up to the abuse that I was giving it. Oh, yeah. Or if I was just focusing an old board. I don't remember. I feel like I wasn't much of a board focuser, though. Where, where did you guys get your first boards? Oh, at, uh, at Classics, like I mentioned, as I mentioned before, for my. Uh, oh, wow. What was it? Yeah. 10th birthday sick so did, did you go to the shop and like pick it out oh yeah yeah for sure well I went to the shop my dad picked out uh let me see if i remember it was like the sims pharaoh you can look up that graphic it's like kind of a graphic with like rails nose guard tails guard like trackers i think and like slam balls maybe so yeah i picked out the whole shit and uh so, like, classics was in what city again yeah, it was in Rich. It was in Richmond, but kind of suburbs, like near where I lived. Heard. I think. I think right now it's a it's a massage parlor or something. <laughs> above board yeah. or below board? Massage. Oh yeah, oh, every, everything's above board, bro. Every, everything's okay. on the level. Good. Yeah, but, Good. But, so uh, see the old like newspaper mind right there. Yeah, yeah, it was a really old. Re- but I uh, know the 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 funny thing about that shop was in like the World Industries era. Because it was like a mom and pop shop or whatever, you know what I mean? They used to, and they were they were kind of older. They used to keep the, all like the world boards with the controversial, you know what I mean, the controversial graphics in the back. So you literally have to say like, uh, oh, "Do you guys have any world boards back there?" And then they'd be like, "Yeah, here you go." Blah blah blah. <laughs> here's 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 like the Kareem Campbell like whatever creamsicle board, you know? And like you actually walk back. You're you're like a kid walking back into the adult section oh yeah 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 so they just pulled them out like oh here you go there's like a henry sanchez board with like a naked lady on it or whatever you know I don't, that was pretty that was pretty funny i mean that's the kind of experience you're not going to get on the internet no de- no definitely well i think it's funny because like you know 
when I think of skate shop owners now, and I maybe it's true, maybe it's not. It's like generally old skaters, but you know, it's it's just funny remembering that at, at a certain point, like there were no old skaters, male or female, to like open a skate shop. So mom and pops literally just running these places and kind of like going with the flow on something that was maybe once more wholesome and then all of a sudden you know you got yeah world graphics <laughs> yeah I, I think it was like it was like a i think most shops were like a bunch of like uh old people who were like maybe into it in the 70s or whatever and you know what i mean they're like oh you know once the 80s hit they were like oh skateboarding it's fucking you know what i mean the shit is hitting so yeah that's yeah the, the, i don't think the guy that ran it was a he didn't look like a skater. He looked like, you know what I mean? Like he looked like a substitute teacher or something. It was weird. But. <laughs> no, I shout out substitute teachers. I was a substitute teacher in college, but you know what I mean? Like, I was going to say, you know what they look like, but. Mike, what was your first uh, skate shop experience or what was your first board? So I had two first board experiences, basically. Like I grew up in the Phoenix area. I grew up in phoenix and uh we used to go to the metro center shopping mall to a place called vans california days d-a-z-e 99 percent sure like i used to wear like van slip-ons you know 80s kid and for some birthday because like my brother was a back to the future kid he got a skateboard but he never really used it and so i used like that as a hand-me-down i had a skateboard with a with handlebars, you know, as an actual, it was called a scoot skate, you know, little combination of things. Mm-hmm. But I got an actual board at the Vans California Days, maybe for my eighth or ninth birthday. It was a cool kind, cool with a K board, like some generic setup. And I think it was cool kind everything, but it was, you know, no nose, nose guard, big wheels. Maybe cool kind trucks, rails, etc. The whole thing, blue grip tape, crazy lines in it. Allen head hardware, I think. And um, I pushed around on that for a couple years. And the kid down the street had like an actual board with like a kicked nose, and so I was instantly jealous of his. Whoa. Shit. So, yeah, yeah. So it's like he had some early, early stuff because I didn't move up to Minnesota until the summer of '91. So whoever that kid, his name might have been Rocco. Whoever that kid was, he was on the cutting edge. Second real board was when I was like, I want a new skateboard. And this is actually one that I started using. I got it at Penn Cycle, bike shop in the suburbs of Minneapolis, western suburbs. Cruise Ever Slick, that one where like the Santa Cruz logo just runs down, like kind of almost on the oh, rail, yeah. but not quite. Yeah, I know the one. Black, yellow, red, uh, Tracker B-52s. Bones 45s picked it out because it had the smallest wheels in the shop. So this was 95. And uh, those are the only elements I remember. But that was a good first board. Those wheels were crazy. They were super wide but super small. Interesting. Yeah, crazy to think that 45 was like pretty standard. And it was, yeah, like it was already wheels were trending larger even at like the random suburban bike shop. Where maybe there was a kid who skated that worked there, but like I, w- I would have never known at the time. Right. 
Wait, what are you talking about? Like 93 or like 93, 94, 95 or what? Winter. Yeah, I might have misspoken earlier. Winter of 94, but like I really, I actually started using the thing in like spring 95. Oh, yeah. So spring 95. Yeah, that's, that's like 44, 45. Couple, yeah, a couple years earlier, like 44s were big. Like if someone had 44s, they were like a Hesher or whatever. So crazy. Well, you guys are lucky that your first Wheel board size. came from skate shops because. Yeah, how'd you get yeah, uh, yeah. uh I started out with a Nash Nightmare that I got for Christmas one year. Um, then I got What's a, a Nash Nightmare all about? Uh, it was a glow-in-the-dark board with, uh, like, just sand glued to the top, you know? like not <laughs> just, Mike, Mike, just visualize your worst nightmare. Oh, God. Traffic. Yeah. That's uh, so on point. So that's, <laughs> that's what I started out with, and then I got... Uh, a blank board, which I think was like a Nottis shape. This is in the 80s sometime. Uh, and then I had red tracker trucks and some like Bones wheels. All that came from Christmas. And then my the first like double, like modern skateboard that I got, I ordered it from California Skate Express. It was an alien workshop. Uh, Scott Conklin slick with like, yeah. the, like paper mache. Uh, yeah, dude. I uh, bet you wish you still had uh, that one. Eh, I'm not like a nostalgia guy. I, yeah, I don't really yeah. give a shit. But it was a pretty fucking cool board, and it had those Tracker B52 trucks, and yeah, I don't remember what wheels. But I was always like, like, didn't have a lot of money to like spend on skateboards, so it was always like blanks or like what's in the bargain bin or whatever. So like, you know, I don't have like you know super fond memories of like picking out the exact right board. Um, but yeah, we just always had like random like. You know, the bike shop has skateboards or like mm-hmm. the guy who used to run the bike shop has skateboards in his garage now. <laughs> that was what that was. If I recall, that, I think that was what FTC was like at the very beginning. If I recall the FTC book, I might yeah. be wrong. But, yeah, it but. was like a, a counter in the dude's dad's like ski shop or something. Oh, ski shop. Yeah, it was a yeah. ski shop. Yeah. And then, yeah, lo and behold, it's a yeah, the fucking legendary shop. With like legendary videos and shit. Yep, only skate shop to have a book. Yeah, it's a, I don't know if it's still available, but it, but it's a good book. It's a great book. Yeah. Yeah, good good coffee table. I would want that table. book if it were still available. Yeah, no doubt. I have a signed copy. I'm just gonna flex <laughs> right now. Kent, Kent signed uh, it or no? Like uh, Elch, no, Javante, whose name I can't remember. Uh, French guy. I had like written a thing about it for the skateboard mag. So. Oh right. I uh. Sebastian, whatever. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's tight. Yeah, he's done a bunch of cool shit on skateboard. Yeah, yeah, he's really legit. So, um, yeah, Jason, when you were doing just like the random name throw out right there, it made me think that through the magic of working in skate shops, I have talked on the phone with James Kelch because he was trying to sell hella cool boards to uh nice. familia and i think there's some boards in there still so you know he was successful <laughs> kelch is out there like cold calling like that's awesome oh dude yeah from <laughs> he's either it, i feel like he's in cleveland or you know he's in he's in ohio again doing that company also spoke to moses at conan at the lair when I worked there, because he was trying to sell some uh, Red Dragon stuff. He was a... Red, or RDS. He was an RDS Red rep. Red Dragon. 
I'm doing like the dragon, like uh, yeah, the red we dragon hand signal. We all are like, damn, we 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 just peeled back the curtain. We're not video chatting. We're strictly voice. <laughs> Shit, I had one other person who was like, damn, I just talked to so and so, and that was sick. But it, it, Joey Itcone, that was. That was kind of a trip out one. It's like, oh shit! I watched a lot of Moses footage, and I really liked it. And um, I just said, we don't want to buy any RDS shit. That was weird. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's a different dynamic. Like we've all done our our like skateboard media tours, where you know it's it, it is a super different dynamic. It's basically like things are flipped. You know, they need something from you as opposed to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're calling up someone for an interview. Right. Well, I think we've covered skate shops. We talked about skate shops for 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, skate shop day. Who knows? Maybe it'll become a thing. You know what I mean? In the future, they're kind of just getting in off the ground this year. So, hey, shout out Naraco and uh, the other guy that started it. Yo, I want to know real quick. Not your home skate shop, but what's the favorite skate shop you visited? Ooh. And I gotta uh, think about it. So maybe one of you two go first. Oh, let me. Th- um, labor. Oh, the skate park of Tampa. Just because it's in mm. Tampa and it's part attached to the skate park of Tampa. That's easy. That's a good one. That's pretty good. I can't think of one. Um, but I, I just have a better story, so I'm gonna <laughs> flip flip it a little bit. Uh, my dad used to travel a lot for work, and he would always go to skate shops and like get me something. Yo, yeah. hold up. I have the I have the same compulsion. Yeah, whenever my parents travel to a city, I'm like, "Could you go to the skate shop and get me a shirt?" That's sick. So I'm like, "Yeah, but so like they when they, they went to San Francisco to visit my cousin or whatever, they went to FTC and they got me a shirt. They were like, "Yeah, that shop's pretty weird or whatever." <laughs> nice. Well, my yeah, dad, the same uh, he went to two legendary skate shops. He went to Sub Zero and Whoa. got me a Sub Zero video. And a Sub Zero T-shirt, which I still have. Props and, to Mr. Elliot. <laughs> yep, major props to Templeton Elliot Jr. Oh. And then also he went to New York and he went to Supreme and did not get me any Supreme goods. I think he brought back an Alien Workshop hat, but pretty sick. He got vibes so hard. He got vibes. My my dad is so uh, uh, completely impervious to to vibes. He probably didn't even notice. Didn't That's care. Rad. Yeah. Love my dad for going to Sub-Zero and uh, Supreme. He also told me once he, he was on a business trip and he saw a group of skaters. So he went to talk to him to ask him what this, like where the good skate shop is. Yeah. And they like ran away from him because they figured that he was coming to kick him no. out. <laughs> no, wait. I'm on I'm your side. <laughs> yeah, I'm an ally, yeah. Yeah, so shouts to my dad. Yeah, and if you're a listener, tell us your favorite uh, skate shop you visited. Send a DM or a tweet, or you can always email uh, mostlyskateboarding at gmail.com. Shout out to the two people who responded to my last uh, prompt last week. (laughs) Um, I can't remember what it was, so shout out to them. I just want to know how old people were. Oh, word. 26 and 44. We got demos. Yep. All right, that, that's our demo right there. That's a hot the, demo. The, yeah, the highly uh, valued 26 to 44 year old demo. Yeah, that's gonna go in our uh, sales sheet. <laughs> <laughs>
we're we're only gonna do truck ads, so it's gonna be indie. I don't know. We're gonna have to talk to our producers about what like trucks, like how the order yeah. should go. But I suppose they could buy, Wait. you know, whatever order. It, they listen, want. the twenty sixth of forty. The 26 to 44 year old demo has so much disposable income, like you don't even know. <laughs> They're buying multiple pairs of trucks a week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just for the hell of it. I'm going to shout out the skate shops that I like outside of Minnesota. Obvious ones. Um, Uprise in Chicago is always dope, even though I think I've only been there like two times actually in the shop. Like it's awesome when. Shops are like a part of what you do. I guess I got friends who have had parts in their videos and like I know dudes affiliated and that's always dope. Sky High in Milwaukee is the same way. Um, Aaron, who runs it, is just doing yeoman's work. It's dope. And I went there for the first time like four months ago, November. That might just be three months ago. November 2019 last year. Beautiful shop. I also got shouts for Board of Missoula, Missoula, Montana. Like, I think they were Board of Missoula in the late 90s. And I went there as a kid because I got family out there. And then I went back and they were a different name. But they're Board of Missoula again. Great dudes. But one of my favorite board, skateboard shops. Jesus, I almost said a board shop. That would have been whack. <laughs> um, the full kit used to be in Iowa City, Iowa. And... Um, that was a great skate shop, little university town where the University of Iowa is. Had a lot of fun just kicking it there, like, you know, closing time beers, visiting people down in Iowa City. So, yeah, the uh, is that is that where they have the good uh, writing program at the University of Iowa, that whole thing? It is. They got the writer's workshop there. So, like, I think yeah, uh, that's probably, yeah, that's probably pretty famous. Mitch D, he used to run the full kit in Iowa City. I think he's uh, he went strictly streetwear for a while. And then uh, I think he receded to the uh, Quad Cities. Like, he doesn't have the Iowa City skate shop anymore. Well, it wasn't a skate shop. He doesn't have the shop anymore. But that was a fun spot. Sick. Listeners, yes. I'd, I'd be stoked for you guys to write in and tell us your favorite skate shops. Which brings us to the end of our show, where we talk about what we're stoked on. Mike, what are you stoked on this week? I'm stoked on listening to the song In Walked Bud. It's a jazz standard, and I am stoked on finding as many different variations on it as possible. So I have an Apple TV, and you can listen to Apple Music on it. And if it gets late enough, I'll just like <laughs> sit in the room and zone out, and you know, the Apple TV turns colors. I put on the jazz station and I got a Thelonious Monk version of the song. And it's, I don't know, crazy casual, weird random jazz. And I liked it. So I grabbed that and I started listening to it. Then I got an Art Blakey version of it. And it's like three times as long, even more casual, even more random. I like jazz music because I grew up listening to hip hop like Tribe Called Quest, Gangstar. Um, DJ Premier, like, super jazz-heavy shit, where now that I'm older... As as did any skater that's around our age group, just because you couldn't not, you know, you couldn't escape it. Well, If you watch 401 or anything. Well, and I think 411 really, they used a lot of jazz. I mean, from, from the opener song, which isn't, like, your most straightforward jazz, but, like, it's all there. 
but like they they played some upbeat shit on tour video you know they they included jazz because it was kind of a a part of the vernacular for skateboard songs and so yeah the the skateboard upbringing has led me to a great place where i like listening to jazz currently obsessed with in walked bud but um there's a lot of other stuff that i'm really enjoying right now too and and it's fun i'm getting my kid into into music standards and uh my brother who's a professional musician is always stoked to know that like we kick it and my three-year-old listens to jazz with me and so yeah basically i'm stoked on jazz uh what are you stoked on jason well uh well first of all you know when you go to your uh, local shop uh and you're putting together a complete ask when you're thinking about what trucks to set up ask for venture trucks out of san francisco uh by name that's the one thing i'm stoked on second thing i'm stoked on is a photograph just a black and white photograph that um kind of skate twitter over the past week collectively we were trying to locate deep in the dark uh depths of the internet and i i forgot who found it maybe it was ian dc shout out that guy maybe it was this guy from uh canada or something but anyway <laughs> it, it was on it was on the quarter snacks monday links page this week it's this photo of like guy mariana like doing a swiss 360 flip over some like flat gap on the sidewalk or whatever but i don't know it it's really just because like he's just wearing like a polo shirt from the gap or whatever and he's wearing like vans old schools and they're untied and the laces are flying everywhere and chico and tim gavin are in the background so yeah on that photograph so af- after that the next holy grail of skate photographs is the is the hollywood skateboards ad it's some lady who like writes hollywood in coke cocktail it was like a thrasher ad in like 2002 or 2003 or whatever. It's like nowhere on the internet, but anyway. Yeah, soaked on that photograph. That was a pretty tight moment. And um, also, uh, deal of skate Twitter, the homie uh, Anthony the Rider Papalarda. an interview with the band The Cry, which had a couple of songs in like the HGV. Well, Hocus Pocus, I think, was the only video they were in. So if like uh, the whatever H Street Plan B generation and uh, watch videos over and over again. It's a pretty tight read, especially if you're into like music supervision and shit and Mike Ternaski and like how he put all all this shit together and shit. So that's what I'm stoked on this week. Nice. The best part of that Mariano photo is that he's wearing loose old schools and like now that that shoe is hot. I, you know, you see people all over the place with like football cinched old schools on oh, their yeah. feet. They're yeah. not even wearing like the pro insole <laughs> version. And I'm just like, yo, you're at the mall and you're going to be here for five hours and you're walking around in tight ass vans. Like yeah, standard vans. Come on. Dude, it's wild. It's probably like just walking around or whatever at my job. It's probably like the hottest shoe in the streets, just old schools. It's crazy. The world is, like, flipped upside down. It really... I mean, between that and, like, all DC year 2000, like, rebirth of that fashion is... Yeah, I'm tripping out. (laughs) Barely handling it, guys. (laughs) Templeton, what are you stoked on? I am stoked on Twitter today. I got a notification that um, today... 
is my 10 year anniversary of being on Twitter. Um, Mazel tov. Thanks. Mazel tov. Yeah, kind of kind of weird silly i don't know i have a lot of fun on twitter i've met a lot of people uh it's kind of like how this podcast came to be so stoked on twitter in general uh on the on my 10 year anniversary no twitter twitter is amazing because it kind of can be like whatever you want it to be it can be like a dating app you can talk about (laughs) politics you can talk about sports you can talk about skating yeah it's really it's awesome yeah i feel like it takes some time to like get your shit dialed you know it takes yeah. like some work to really get into it but once you get into it it's it's great it's way better than instagram so yeah stoked on twitter i mean i remember there were there were discussions on twitter when there was like seven skaters talking about skateboarding every now and then like <laughs> what well, well, was like oh no man instagram's a way more you know instagram's the skaters medium way more visual and, and it's pretty damn fun now that there's like actually you know a pretty ample amount of skateboard talk on twitter oh yeah and yeah there's actually like like pros you know like knack and tj or whatever just like coming on twitter and talking shit maybe not in the skate twitter coven or whatever but you yeah know what I, mean? I like to tight. think of us as witches or warlocks <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I like I like the sound of uh, Coven. You know, when, when I saw your note, Templeton, about you know February 2010 being your day or your zone of starting, and I looked it up, and uh, I am also February 2010. I have not gotten the notification about my anniversary yet, but my tenth is coming up as well. Mazel tov to you too. Hey man, th- thank you. <laughs> well, that's it for our show this week. Be sure to check us out on uh, Twitter, obviously. Um, But uh, (laughs) mostlyskateboarding.net for uh, links and other show notes. Until then, you can keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram. Jason, where can the people find you? On the Twitter, at Carbonite1994. On the Instagram, at FrozenCarbonite. And writing uh, stuff for QuarterSnacks.com. New new stuff in the works right now. So just keep checking back. Pretty much doing something new every twice a month, something like that. So. Ooh. Sick. Busy, busy. Mike, where can the people find you? I am on Twitter and on Instagram at mmunzenrider. Not .org or anything, but you know, when, <laughs> sometimes when you say that stuff, you're like .com. I was kind of talking like a robot. Templeton, where are you at? I am on Twitter at mostly skate. And on Instagram at Mostly Skateboarding. See you guys next week. Later. Man, I can't believe we went an hour. Ah. <laughs>